It's poutine in the belly and years off my life. Another installment, if you will, of the Northside Polo Podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my friends and teammates. We'll start this time off with Liam. Hello. And then Alex. Hey, what's up? And of course, I'm your host, Gavin, here. And uh, I guess we'll jump straight into the news. Who wants to take this first news story? It's kind of cool. Uh, I'll do this one. It's uh, actually, you know... I feel like news on this podcast falls in a couple varieties. There's the like incidental news and then there's the like, oh shit, this is actually a big news story. And uh, oh shit, this is actually a big news story. <laughs> the Enforcer 1-3s, the new batch, are in and you can pre-order them. And I actually saw on Instagram that Aaron said 33% of the new order is already done. Like it's selling out like hotcakes. Yep. Um, so if you want one of these, he still has everything and all this at, at the time of this recording he still has all the sizes but uh if you want one you should you should order it now the prices are good and they're well they're great bikes right gavin you're riding one yeah i can't say that uh i can complain about it i mean it's a solid bike and at the price they're selling them for i don't think you can beat it really yeah is it still purple only yes only purple sick you can have it's available in any color you want as long as, as long as it's purple, classic. Purple. That's the yeah. that's the boot knife logic. I noticed that on the top tube, it has like a little reinforcement strip that the other one didn't have that connects to the head tube. So there's maybe some slight improvements on this second yep. run of one threes. And that that that's kind of in line with all the enforcer bikes, right? Like every time they do a run, they see sort of what the feel was, what people's notes were, and they usually get a little bit like incrementally better with each batch. So um, I probably don't think it's worth upgrading if you already have a one three but <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know you just it's, it's like not like version, a computer you can't just update the patch like version you can't 1. Just get that one yeah anyway that is uh exciting and obviously if you're into that uh look for enforcer bikes they're they're great we're all no we're not all riding them just Kevin and i are riding them now but they're mm-hmm. phenomenal Next up on the list here, we have two big tournaments to discuss from last weekend. That's Smack in the Middle in Fresno and Eastside Thaw in Washington, D.C. And before that, we actually had Caban de Scoop that happened in Montreal. But we'll be discussing the results of all these tournaments later on in the episode. So for now, just stay tuned and uh, just wait patiently because it's coming. What's next? Uh, next, we have before the joust. We'd like to give a shout out to Pete Abrams, who has spearheaded a new polo podcast uh, called Before the Joust. It's available now, I think, on Spotify and other streaming platforms, featuring um, well, at least one of our previous guests, Diego, and Chris Hammersley, who we haven't had on the show yet. But if you want to check it out, you can check out Before the Joust podcast on Instagram, or you can search that up in Spotify and all of them give them a listen yeah. i told pete he refed one of our games in at in fresno and i told him if he let us win i would uh we would feature them on our feed and he didn't let us win so you're not going to see them appearing on our feed but their podcast is excellent and 
you know, if you're jonesing for more polo content, like we had Pete and Diego on this podcast as guests. And I think those are two of the better episodes we've had. They're both incredible polo minds and they're well-spoken. And Chris Hammersley compliments them incredibly well. Mr. Bike Polo from North America. Like talking to Chris this weekend was a highlight of Fresno for me. Um, And that's not because Fresno wasn't awesome. It's just because Chris is that awesome. And the fact that those three are making a podcast together, like I'm going to be listening every single week. Though, of course, we're going to, you know, now that we have a rival in the podcast space, like we're also going to talk, talk mad shit about them too, right? Mad <laughs> shit. <laughs> Let's keep it clean. Yeah. Speaking of bipolar content, Alex, why don't you take this next one too? Okay. So people in Fresno definitely noticed uh, I was down there with a friend and we were carrying around a bunch of camera gear. Um, so one of the things that we're going to be launching uh, is called Connect Bike Polo. That's technically not the podcast. It's technically something different, but it's definitely going to be all of the same folks behind it. And the main idea is that it's just going to be a place for bike polo videos and coverage to exist. So it'll be a new YouTube channel and we're still figuring, ironing out the details for that. But uh, if you're looking for, you know, odds are if you listen to this podcast, you, you're kind of jonesing for some bike polo content. Uh, if you want more and you want to be able to watch some new games, um, Connect Bike Polo on YouTube is going to be where you can find it eventually. It, it's not up yet at the time of this recording. Mm-hmm. So definitely Coming check soon. that out. And, Coming uh, soon. I've seen some of the footage from Smack and it is outstanding. The quality is going to be quite high. So if you're into high quality mm-hmm. bike polo coverage, make sure you check out Connect Bike Polo on YouTube and uh, stay tuned for those videos when they come out. Bike polo calendar time? Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought Wait. those were the only tournaments this year. I thought yeah. we were done. No, no dude. That's a, <laughs> no, that's a wrap dude. on 2022. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was short but sweet. Uh, okay. Coming up, we got the Wasatch. Is that right? Wasatch? Yep. Or is it Was- yeah. Wasatch Open 3? And it's June 18th to 19th in Jordan Park. That's... 190. What is this? Is this like a that's the address Easting and Northing? I thought it was like coordinates. address for the park. it's in Salt Lake City. That's where you need to know. You can find the rest, you can find the exact address online. <laughs> but it's going to be a four by four um co ed tournament. I think I've heard a lot of people are excited for this one. I remember hearing some chatter about it down in the thaw and um also in here in uh. Yeah, Montreal. So, Liam, um, is it like four v four, like four people on the court at a time, or is it like squad but just smaller teams? I think it's sort of, you know, actually, I don't know. <laughs> I, think I it's hope squad. it's squad with smaller teams. With I yeah, think so. Four. Let's assume it is. Yeah. Well, it's open. Oh, I guess it's the third tournament. That's why it's called Open Three. But um, yeah, no, I don't think it's four on four polo. But I could be wrong. I mean, maybe it's just that's a what they're court. doing. And um, that's what they're doing for the polo retreat. It's it's four on four. Although that's not really a tournament. That's just that's sort of a just, you know, go out into the middle of BC and play bike polo. That's less time with the ball for me, though. I mean, I don't know. Like, <laughs> but it's it's more, it doesn't matter how big your team is. You just hog the ball anyway. Yeah. Isn't it more satisfying for you <laughs> to hog the ball for like seven <laughs> other people on the court instead of just five? Possibly. Yeah, maybe. I'm going to lean into this ball hogging narrative from now on, I'd say. The people who know me know it's not true. But what? we're just going to lean into it. <laughs> okay. Anyways, next tournament on the list here I, I did, is... Sorry, I did just also want to say I met a ton of the Salt Lake City players in Fresno and 
I had no idea how big and how awesome that club is. Um, there are some serious slayers, and I heard some whispers through the grapevine that Salt Lake is now the polo city to be in North America. And based on all the people that have moved there and are currently there and everything that's happening in their club, I think they've got a real argument for it. I think any tournament they throw has the the potential to be like the tournament for the year, potentially. So, so we should go is what you're saying. I mean, if we can, maybe it looks like a good one. Like okay. there's some awesome. I, I feel like I say this every time we talk about a, a club in a tournament that like, you know, this club is awesome and the people in it are awesome and their tournament's going to be awesome. But like Salt Lake City people really awesome tournament mm-hmm. looks awesome club mm-hmm. looks awesome so yeah um want really want to go to that if we can well speaking mm-hmm. of awesome tournaments and awesome cities hosted by awesome people we absolutely got not. absolutely the north side polo invitational in ottawa hosted by Garbage. yours truly truly a diamond on the bike polo calendar this is one of the most oldest and most storied tournaments in bike polo's history. I think this is the 18th or the 19th rendition of the NSPI tournament. And it's going to be going down September 10th and 11th at Ev Tromboy Park, one of the oldest courts in NAs. And it's going to be 3v3. So <laughs> keep that's your it. eyes peeled for yep. registration because that's going to be coming up probably in July. And we're looking forward to having a bunch of people down in Ottawa for some hot polo action on what is an extremely bumpy court. And just to clarify, <laughs> even though it's called the North Sides Invitational, if you want to come, you can register. You don't yeah. have to be invited. Yeah. It's an um, open. No it, one's it's an open. It's yeah. open. Yeah. yeah. If you want it's to like, come, please, please register. Please come. Um, it's like the Masters. The name is like a relic from the past, I feel, more so than yeah. an actual instruction of what it is. But it, it's open to everyone, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It always is. And uh, there's going to be great sandwiches. And I have, you can also experience like the lively city that Ottawa is. Like mm-hmm. It's a party city. I like to dunk on Ottawa, but this is a great tournament, and I've had a blast at it every single time I've gone. Um, I will also say I have my team ready to go, and uh, you know, you, the rest of you are playing for second place. Just know that coming in. I got I got bad news. My what? brother decided to get married on that weekend. Oh. oh my god! Yeah, so so I told him I'm in Ottawa. Sorry, dog. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You're gonna have to find a new best man. Not just kidding. I don't think I'm gonna make this one, which I'm sad about. But yeah, it's a sick tournament. I'm, I'm gonna miss it. I mean, it's your sure. brother's wedding. It's not like it's your wedding. Yeah, it's not like my own yeah. wedding. Even then, I'd be like, hmm. <laughs> Do I call it off? <laughs> just, just, just do the vows at half court. Yeah, we'll just be like, "Yo, we can get, we can just get married like real quick, and then, yeah, can we, we could still make it for pickup on Sunday. <laughs> you, you can take it. You can take a two minute timeout. Why don't we uh, get to what people came here to listen to, which is the tournament recaps from this past weekend, and we're gonna start off with just a little tournament that happened down in Fresno. You might have heard of it, smack in the middle. Well, the podcast was lucky because we had a representative there, none other than Alex Lyon, the Lion, and uh, he was uh, there and representing. So, Alex, just overall impressions from Smack in the Middle. How was it? It's it was incredible. Like, uh, I mean, we've had pedal junkies on multiple times before and talked about this tournament, and the stoke was high. People flew in from all over the place. I mean. We were definitely some of the farther traveling people coming from Toronto, but like I heard from multiple people before this tournament that this is NA's light. 
like basically the unofficial North American championship because of the level of players that were here. And it, the polo did not disappoint. It played out like an NA's championship. Like it was wild, nothing against our region, but there was a stark difference going from Montreal the week before to Fresno the week after. Like it was, uh, I was like, Oh God, this is what, this is what playing polo at the international level is like. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's definitely a fury on the live stream. I was lucky enough to watch some of Taco Daddy TV and really yeah. get my fill of the tournament and follow the action. So how would you describe the location of the tournament, Alex? What was the court setup like? So they, it's worth noting Pedal Junkies got displaced by Pickleball uh, about a month or so before the tournament. So they Fuck lost, the, they, they, oh they lost the venue they anticipated to have, So, but they were able to get their choice of other courts from the city. And I think they picked a really good one. So they, this court had like parking right next to it. Uh, it was two tennis courts next to each other with like high chain link running all around. Good lights, park on the atm- like good atmosphere. There was like a basketball court next to it that people could warm up on. Like honestly, fantastic. Uh, the public washrooms absolutely stopped working halfway through the day on Saturday oh and God. got disgusting. But I don't think there's, I don't think you can put that on anyone. Like, and the city actually fixed it overnight. So it was good for Sunday. Like it was, it was pretty good. Like all things considered incredible venue. Uh, they put up, they put up boards. Um, so it was, yeah, it was very good. Like really, really good surface, really good boards. Uh, just like overall, like man, pedal junkies know how to throw a fucking tournament. Also, I just want to give a huge shout out to Matt and Ruth from the Fresno club. They, uh, hosted Bassam and I, and, uh, they were incredible. Their place was incredible. Just, I'm always reminded how cool the people in bike polo are when we go on these trips and like Matt and Ruth were awesome. So thank you so much. Yeah. So like, what are the things that pedal junkies does that are just so elite when it comes to throwing tournaments? What things stood out to you? They just had so much taken care of. Like one of the things that I thought was really cool is they had a big tent next to the court and underneath it, first of all, they had power and like a bike repair stand and everything like they had like a tournament station set up, but they had, if people were giving things away, like I put a couple of the North Sides Polo podcast stickers on the table for people to grab, but other people were like putting stickers up there. Like there was kind of an exchange zone going. Um, there were also, they had a giant TV that showed the bracket and like the groups and the standings and like who was on deck and who was in the hole. And they had like both courts going. Sarah had the microphone and she was just keeping everyone on pace like this tournament ran like clockwork and i guarantee it was just because of the work that uh those two that pedal junkies put into it like it was incredible hmm. this was a 24 team tournament that was just at least from my experience as a player silky smooth and that rarely happens yeah as someone who's organized a tournament before i can tell you it's oftentimes feels like you're hurting cats out there because bike pool people love to show up late and i don't know they just don't seem to care what stress they cause as tournament organizers. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it was it was just really well done. And like so many sponsors, so many prizes to give away. Just unbelievable hype. Like they had little goodie bags for everyone. There was like food that was served each day. Like it was the vibe was so good. And I I think it it's hard to stress like just going to a tournament and this was a park that they didn't even plan to be in so it was kind of far away from where everyone was from where most people were staying 
but like once you got to the park you were just good it was like this is this is the spot this is everything you're ever gonna need um and the games went long and it was just really really good polo sweet now i'm sure a lot of our listeners are wondering i know i am how exactly did you and your team do and i just want a whole tournament report can you break it down what's the synopsis here um we did really well we were undefeated until we lost all our games uh <laughs> as as you do in bike polo i mean our personal team report we i think we put up really good results like we definitely outperformed i think our expectations and a lot of people's expectations coming in but it it was almost the the feel that this tournament was so deep like we i know gavin you and i talked about it coming in and it was honestly we we knew going in that we could we could have played really well and lost every single game and finished dead last and honestly have played exceptional polo and just lost to teams that are better than us because every team there was really good. Like there just wasn't, you know, normally when you have the reason I say it's like NA's light, it's like normally you have rookie teams or you have like mixed teams or something. It was like every team in this tournament was stacked vets. Um, So it was weird playing in a tournament like that. Like, our first round opponents were uh, Joe, I think Joe, David, and Tina was the first team we played. And I'm like, this would be a tournament winning team in Northsides probably. Um, and we we did really well. We held on for a tie against them. And then we played, uh, we played a really strong team from San Francisco and we tied them. And I was like, okay, we got to, you know, we're not winning, but we're not losing. And I was like, honestly, ecstatic that we were tying those teams. We won against Alex, who was on the podcast uh, before. We, we connected really well for that game and got our first win. And then at the end of the day, our last game on Saturday, we beat uh, Hotsin, which was Hotsin. honestly a highlight of the turn highlight of the tournament for me because that's like Tony and um, Julian are like that's two thirds of the third place team from Worlds in 2019, and like that's like a career high for me to be honest. Uh, like I will. I'm going to keep talking about that forever. And I'm, so, I'm sorry to those guys. I'm so, sorry to Julian, Tony and Dev because, you know, they're exceptionally good players, but it's like, that's like a personal, a huge personal accomplishment for me. And nice. like for, for us, like our, for our team, it was, it was awesome. Absolutely awesome. Um, you played with Patty and Tenzin from Calgary, right? Just so the listeners yes. know who your team was, but it, it looked Forecheck, awesome. Check, check, paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> and then you guys had like the most epic game against, excuse me which was yep. just like I was watching in the live stream and I just couldn't believe how well you guys were playing. Cause that team was no joke, right? Like Tyler, the Jimmy from Salt Lake city. And then of course, Chris Hammersley, like these are top notch players and yeah. taking them to OT. I was just like on the edge of my seat the whole time. <laughs> it was so cool to watch yeah. my friends battle against a team like that. Toe to toe. They, I think to be honest, the score was a lot closer than the game was like, they're so good and so fast. It was suffocating. And I just, you know, hats off to Patty. She just made everything like she made so much happen on the court. It was crazy. And like, I couldn't believe how many, how many teams she just like got the ball around and made things go in the net. It was wild. Were there any especially memorable moments for you as a player on the court? I have to also say, um, you know, Mark Asseltine, unsanctimoniously ejected us from the tournament in the loser bracket with like four goals from his side of the court. Um, <laughs> just like we got five out in like five he took minutes. Like six shots. It was, 
Yeah, it was disgusting. And like three of them were through two bikes from half court. Damn. Like I don't even think we played bad defense. It was just Mark unsanctimoniously ejected us from the tournament. Um, <laughs> so that's the memorable moment for you. You know what? That's gonna it, it's gonna stick with me for a while. At first, I thought I meant you got ejected like for bad behavior. Like I was like, what? No, <laughs> I guess I did get a lot of. Get I did get ejected. some. You know, it was. One of the things I realized it was so cool playing out there. Like nobody knows that I'm like a big physical defender that likes to play dirty. So people were like, I would like crash <laughs> into people and fuck stuff up. And then like, they wouldn't even call a penalty. They're like, Oh, I think it was an accident. And I'm like, no, I just fucked this guy up. No, I'm kidding. I, what didn't. The I, didn't, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. He's I did not. Do that. This is a public <laughs> forum, Alex. <laughs> I didn't do that. No, but there, there were uh, a couple times, like I got my handlebars tied up on stuff. I'm actually really glad we were filming because the end of our first game, uh, I thought I had a breakaway and Joe did a really good job of contesting me and like our bikes got tangled up and we fell down. And my immediate reaction was that like I thought that he hit me from behind and I was kind of pissed that like he did this dirty move. But we had the video and I look at and when I look at the video, I'm like, oh, this is like just a really clean contest that like we got tangled up on. Mm -hmm. So I definitely was involved in a couple a couple crashes, a couple shoulder to shoulder contacts that handlebars got turned in and like things got a little messy and it was refreshing not having the call just automatically go against me like i think it does sometimes in our region because i i've earned my reputation in our region and uh you know i'm not going to complain about it but it was refreshing getting a new lease on life out, out west. i think that happens to a lot of polo players you know when we're playing on the court we're so tunnel visioned on like the ball and our goal and all these things that we don't always have the wherewithal to know exactly where everyone else is in the space. So when we feel contact, sometimes we just assume they followed me, they followed me. Yeah. But if you actually look at the footage, you can see like things are not nearly as cut and dry as they feel in the moment. Right. Yeah. Well, Joe was definitely coming from behind because I had the step on him, but he was moving faster than me. And when I look at the footage, he waited until he was alongside to make contact. And it's like, I don't think you can ask for anything else as a defender. Like it's a close game. It's just a good defensive play and I wasn't ready for the contact. So I went down and carried it into him. So like, yeah, totally good play. But, you know, it, it's good to like it's good to have the video to second guess yourself. So okay. definitely looking forward to putting those out. Uh, last question for you here. Were there any teams or maybe individual players that stood out to you as someone you might want to emulate your game off of, you know, someone that you're like, wow, I want to play like them. It's there were so many good players there. I I'm almost afraid to try to emulate my game off of any of them because the skill to execute what they were doing might be, be literally just be beyond me. Oh my um, the team, no, in all seriousness, uh, the turd pedo, uh, Brandon, Jason and birdie that won great team name were on another level. The team play was popping, but also the, the individual mechanics that all of them were executing was just nuts. Like, Look, I've seen the mongrels play in person and I've played against them and I'm sure the mongrels have also gotten better in the off season through the pandemic, but if they haven't, I think this torpedo team beats them in at this form what? they were in in 2019. I think I think the form that the mongrels were in in 2019 is no longer enough to compete in North America. Now, I'm sure they've gotten better and I can't wait for <laughs> this worlds. This is so hot. Oh my god. But they're the level the level of this Fresno tournament it. was unreal. Unreal. Big words, big and, words. You know my take, yeah. my hot take, Birdie's the goat. Birdie is the oh, goat. Yeah. But uh, 
we better move it along here. We got uh, the East Side Thaw. Now, of course, hats off to Brandon, Jason, and Birdie. That was an amazing tournament. Congrats, Torpedoes. But East Side Thaw, the shuffle tournament in D.C., Washington. Liam. Yeah, sorry, Alex, while you were too busy getting burnt on the, on the <laughs> West Coast. I was busy getting sunburnt on the East Coast because it was definitely a thaw. It was like 30 degrees plus Celsius oh both days and sunny. I got sunburnt. I was not expecting the weather to be so nice, especially coming from Montreal where it literally snowed like almost a foot <laughs> on Tuesday. Um, the East Side Thaw. It was really fun. It was a tournament. I mean, I've never been to quite a tournament like that with their setup because you had on day one, on Friday, everyone drew tarot cards. So you sort of, you, you, you considered yourself what card did an you get? A, B, or C. I was Are on judgment. Cups? I, I got, you're two I got the judgment card. So I had big shoes to fill because I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure that's a real polo team, right? That's like Shelly <laughs> from New York and Arnold yeah. and Birdie. Birdie was on it. Yeah, yeah. Like I was like, oh shit. So. So big shoes to fill. Yeah. So with that tarot card, that's how you formed your team for Saturday. And then you played, a you know, a round robin on Saturday. There was a mini bracket at the end of Saturday to determine the, the Saturday champion. Because then on Sunday, the top scorers from Saturday became team captains and they drafted a team players of six players for a squad or a bench bench style tournament. To me, that was the highlight was the Sunday it was really fun because suddenly you had a whole new team, whole new dynamic. The games were way longer. And mm-hmm. personally, I made it a lot farther than I did <laughs> the first day. So that's why I think I had the most fun on Sunday. I got to shout out my teammates. I think from from Saturday, I was teamed up with Chris Hill from Pittsburgh and Rob from Philly. Oh, hell yeah. We did pretty good, I would say. I mean, it was some tough competition, definitely, on the uh, on the Saturday. Um, but on Sunday, yeah, the squad team, I made it to the, well, sorry, we made it to the finals, the final game. We, we fought back from the losers bracket and I hadn't been like, I was trying to remember last time I was like, I felt so nervous at a polo tournament. Cause I'm like, I usually never make it that I, I don't make it that far. Like I, I'm usually, I'm already watched. I'm like watching the games unfold and I'm just like, you know, having a good time. But then being on the other side of that, I forgot what that felt like. I haven't felt like that since Halloween, like when we were there, I was yeah. like, holy fuck, like this shit's legit. Like everyone's watching and people are yelling and it's crazy. But yeah, my squad team was super, super awesome. I was on team Olsen and uh, yeah, my teammates, Darby, Ash, Max and Hassan, they were all super, super slayers. And um, it was so, it was so fun. I was really glad to uh, be on that team. We had a lot of fun. What was the locale like? Like, what was the setup as far as the courts are concerned? Oh, yeah, it was cool. It was, um, we weren't in D.C. proper. We were, like, outside in Maryland, which I think is about an hour or two hours away from, like, Washington, D.C. It's sort of just like a sleepy suburb, and there's there's a park. And in this park, there's a skate park and uh, soccer fields. And then you just have these two very large, I will say very large courts side by side. Um, which lends itself perfect for polo tournament. The courts are like, I think they're regulation NHL size, like Mm -hmm. ice rinks. Oh, that's big. And so they are big. But I really enjoyed the sort of big surface. It gave you so much more room to like just move around. You don't have to worry about people being like, like it it lent itself a lot to a lot of sprints, like people tossing up the ball and, and just sprinting 
and there were some, like there were some really fast people <laughs> at this tournament. <laughs> I was like not prepared for how fast people would be riffing down the court. I have to ask, did you have people every time you talked, did you have people coming up to you like, oh, I recognize that voice. Thank Yeah, yeah I think some people I would introduce myself and then I'd, and then I'd be talking to like, you do the podcast. I was like, I do. And then I would slide them a sticker and be like, yo, thank you. Yeah, there you go. I, I, was, I definitely uh, <laughs> didn't bring enough stickers with. No, me I only Fresno. brought like 30. and I gave them all away on Friday pretty quickly. There you go. Um, but it was it was weird. It was surreal. I'm like, that's going to be something it takes me a long time to get used to. And yeah. like, I hope I didn't put anyone off by being so shy in Fresno. I was just like weirded <laughs> out by it. Um, but yeah, the setup was nice. Like I mentioned, it was it was hot as hell. And it was um, it was great, though. I was like coming from cold, windy Montreal to really thawing out in uh, nice. Frederick, Maryland was was super fun. Congratulations um, on the podium finish, Liam. Like that's have, dope. And I saw the finals of that one too on the live stream. Yeah, you no, were a big part of that team. Congratulations. Oh, on that. there was a live stream. Yeah. Yeah, it was I was I don't know. I was like also was definitely like mm-hmm. out there making the plays. Hassan too and and um I mean Max and Max and Ash. Ash especially was really good. She won most valuable C player. She's from uh Gainesville. I believe, or Tallahassee. Sorry, Ash. I I know it's from Florida, but she was holding it down on defense. We were making some sweet plays, me and her. Like we had really good court synergy, and I just love the like. I think I'm a. I don't know. Everyone always talks crap about squad, but it's just fun. Like in that setup, it was it was really fun to to have like talking about team strategy and stuff. And I. Just to be clear, I talk crap about squad, but I love bench. <laughs> Once you get more than five players, I love it. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's just like sorry. Yeah, I guess like, it's a different I, thing. It's yeah, it's bench. Yeah. Once you get once you get bench, like I I love. I'm here for bench. Right. Just, okay. Squad is never really. No. I've never felt that same like the joy you get from bench. I've 3v3 never. Three v three from it life, never guys. has quite translated to squad for me. Oh no, no, no I I love three v three too. Like there's a there's something about just like being on the court for the whole thing. Yeah, but it's like this is this is the team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. There's no like, oh, they killed us on this line or this port. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, you can't hide in three v three. One of the special rules for the East Side Thaw was, you know, scoop shots count. Any yes. shot counts. I'm pretty sure. So, yes. like, how did that play out on the court? Were people taking advantage of that rule, Liam? And if so, how effective was it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was you were allowed to scoop the ball in from outside of the crease and there was a pretty generous crease given to the uh okay so you couldn't just net. like dunk it into the net eh? no no you could not you could not Lame. dunk it but you could shuffle in the crease you could certainly shuffle and of course you could still take big rips but yeah there was definitely a lot of scooping going on a lot of wrist shots a lot of just you know um yeah it was exciting and to be honest for a while it took a bit to adjust because because for me, I'm just like, you know, I'm taking wild rips that are, they're not even going close to the net anyway. So I'm just trying to play regularly. And then we're always just like, oh yeah, you can just scoop it in if you want or just shuffle it. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'd love to wrist shot. I wish I could wrist shot in polo. Was yeah. it good, Liam, be honest? Is this some rule you'd want for every bike polo thing? Or was it like, this is fun well, like, now? I don't know. I think it was, it was cool. It was cool. You didn't have to like worry too much about, oh, was that a goal or a shuffle? It's like, it doesn't matter. It counts anyway. Um, I mean, I was lucky in the, I scored a pretty nice scoop goal myself in the, in the fine, in the semifinal, maybe on the squad day. And I was like, at first I felt good because I scored 
I hadn't scored much all weekend. And then I felt a bit bad because I was like, it was a scoop. But then I got over <laughs> it pretty quickly. Still counts. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it still counts. Yeah, I don't still know. It was cool. Counts. I mean, I don't know if it really... I guess it did make it was still it's still hard to score scooping the ball like you still got to put it somewhere. Um, you know, you still got the goal. It's hard to get power scooping. Like yeah, I think I like, think it's easier to be a little more accurate, but it's hard to be it's hard to like beat a goaltender with a scoop, to be honest. Yeah, if the goaltenders like sees it coming. Ready for yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, but it was cool. I, I enjoyed that. Name, what was your, what do you say was your highlight of the tournament? Was there one moment that stood out to you or just like your favorite vibe in one area or whatever it could be? Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. I think mostly the playing with my squad team was, was fun. Not to say I didn't Fuck enjoy Saturday, Saturday with team. Chris and Rob, um, but it was just the squad. To me, the Sunday was the highlight. And, um, and if you had to pronounce one player, the player of the tournament, who oh, would you say it was? Shit. To be honest, I'd have to commend uh, Raf for he was one of the team captains on Sunday. He's from Montreal, and he was playing on when we were loading up the bikes. I, I had a look at his bike, and there was a crack in both of his chain stays. And I was Dang. like, "Yo, your bike is fucked." And <laughs> he had no idea, and he almost <laughs> didn't come. He almost was like about to about to like go home, you know. But he still came along, which I was really happy for, and um, he. He did really well Saturday and he was a team captain Sunday. And um, yeah, he did really well. And even on that bike, which was, it didn't break, thankfully. What he taped it up and it put some hose clamps on it, some little last minute uh, (laughs) adjustment. But uh, yeah, I want to shout out Raph for playing on that broken bike all weekend. And killing it, apparently. And killing it. Yeah, no, he 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 did super well. He held his own against a lot of these top American players. And uh, awesome. was representing North Sides very well. I have a lot of shout outs though. Can I just go on a shout out binge? Shout it out. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to shout out my boy Tyler, the lone buffalo of, from House Frat Antonio. Sorry, I, I know there's a bunch of other nicknames. Um, oh, I got to meet Mama Drew and uh, Charlie from Philly. It was very cool to talk to them. Actually, I hadn't listened to the show yet with, <laughs> with Drew and Charlie because I wasn't there. And everyone was saying how they were talking mad crap about me. <laughs> so then i got to listen to it but no they no it was really cool to meet them i got a shout out elias of course james ft and zach dc bike polo running a super sick tournament and playing as well it was super fun to play and uh chat with all three of those guys uh the boston crew uh jordan from dc that guy is very funny uh chris from pittsburgh robin philly my saturday teammates uh, I think I've already shouted out my squad team and I got to shout out Raf, uh, Neelan and Victoria for driving down with me and playing as well. They all did very well. And shout outs. Sorry if I, there was a lot of people I met and <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize we were doing shout outs. I feel like I just slighted a lot. Oh. Of <laughs> well, well, I don't know. We could do shout outs all day long. Come on, we got to move this along. Shout outs are Liam's thing. Let's be honest. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, shout out Christina Apple. There's only one DJ L pad. It's true. Yeah. DJ L Pat. Oh, yeah. I got to get you that intro, don't I? Yeah, we need that sound. Um, Other tournament that occurred the week prior to Fresno and Washington was in Montreal, a lot closer for us. uh, Cabin de Scoop, which was Cabana Scoop. 
Excuse me. Caban de Sorry. It's kind of like an inside joke that I pronounce it wrong now. Yeah, last time you said Caban de la Scoop or something. (laughs) (laughs) I know. We had a right laugh here in Montreal about that. But it is what it is. This was an ABC tournament that we all three of us played in. And the way the format worked was they kind of used a Google form to have players self-rate themselves as either an A tier, a B tier, or a C tier. And then they kind of behind the scenes did their best as organizers to divvy the players up in an even way and uh, had a tournament like that. So everyone was placed on random teams with random players and uh, we had a great and, time. And highlight, they also had you submit potential team names and they picked random team names out of the hat and assigned them to your team. What was your team I thought name, was. Alex? Uh, my team was brown fish smoothie. Okay. Yeah, mine was horse tornado. Liam, what was your team? I was on the Dan Halpert fan club. Oh, I wonder who put that. I wonder, I wonder who, who put that, that one. In. I had shirts made and all, but I didn't have them for the tournament. I had to. I had That's to hand those out down in the down in the East Side Thaw. I still got one for you though, Alex. They yes. were a big. They were a big I, hit. I uh, I asked Dan during the weekend how it was going. And he said, it's great, and fuck you for those t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. I was the one who made them. I mean, I guess you, I it all started with your idea for a team name. <laughs> he's, he's like, I know you made the Dan Halpert fan club, yeah. and I know this is linked. And I was like, <laughs> Yo, shout out Dan Halpert. I'm your biggest fan. Uh, the Montreal tournament, guys. What was your highlight of the tournament? What stood out to you from the weekend? You know, I, I hate to be that guy, but like the highlight for me wasn't the polo but it was the the hangouts and the parties and yeah. in that case it's split because yeah. i had i had fa after sunday or after saturday i had fa with new york before we went to mark's place but also mark's place gotta be the highlight yeah that was a gotta be party you had to be there yo <laughs> yeah i think you could just sum it up as that like you had to be there the energy was insane I will okay the the one story I will share because it was like you couldn't have scripted it better if it was a movie. Um, everyone's hanging out. Mark's basement is like a bike shop. Just literally pick a large bicycle shop with like a full repair stand and like couch and hangout space. That is this guy's basement. It's incredible. Um, and I don't know how many people were in there partying and dancing at one point, but it was it was lit. Like it was like probably better than most clubs. Uh, and I was sitting on the couch with Brett, who was the tournament organizer. And Brett looked at me and we were chatting and he said, you know, I'm really kind of an introvert and I don't like it when there's a lot of attention on me. And as soon as he said that, every single person in the room turned and went, Brett, 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 Brett. And he was like, no, I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. And they went, Brett, Brett, Brett. And then they picked him up and they started like giving him like the, the I don't know, like, they started like tossing him in the air. And like, it just, yeah, he definitely was you couldn't have scripted it better. And I know he, uh, maybe it, it probably went too far and like people should have respected that he was an introvert. Um, but damn, it was like, I think he was ultimately okay, and it that stands out to me as like a pretty epic moment. For me, my highlight was just like every time I go to Montreal, I feel like the players are just twenty percent better than they were before because it's a very young club. Like the average age of a polo player there is probably two, three years of polo playing. So now they're all at this moment where they're starting to learn to do 
some really interesting things with the ball and with their bikes. And I'm always just in shock. Every time I go, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's better than she was last time I played with her. He's better than he played like last time we played against each other. And this kind of never even seen before, but he's slaying it. Like this yeah. was my highlight uh, of the tournament for sure was just watching the growth. But also, of course, I got to give a shout out to Double A's Poutine. Some Whoa. of the best poots in Montreal. Damn and, right. Uh, I definitely had a couple of those puppies and did not regret it for a second. I was there last night. Yeah, I uh, I definitely left some in Brett's apartment after throwing up Saturday morning. <laughs> Ew. So. It's gross. gross. <laughs> no, I, I cleaned it all up. I cleaned it all up. I didn't leave any. In the yeah, apartment. unlike my tent. <laughs> I've learned. I'm a reformed man. <laughs> okay. People Baboo. were very trashed after Mark's party. Like Sunday was hard on people. Yeah. Uh, Liam, what every was your highlight? Was, every day was hard. Yeah, it was fun just getting to see everybody again after so long. It was it was a good time. I don't know. I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed the incessant chanting of everything, mostly brought on by Tim from Detroit. Yeah. Shout out Tim from Detroit. I had never met Tim, but. That dude is funny as hell. So, <laughs> and we were just chanting, yeah, like yeah, just chanting the dumbest stuff. And and um... I think the combination <laughs> of Tim and Ashwin and Neilan, like also Ashwin and Neilan were there, and it was fucking awesome to to see them. Yeah, you get again. all them in the same place. Um, but like, they're the chanting energy and the weird game energy and stuff. Like, at one point, I looked up and they were playing. Everyone was chanting, who's got the smallest finger? <laughs> yeah. And they had like everyone had their fingers in a vice and they were just like slowly turning it. And they're like, who's got the smallest finger? And like, there's just the weirdest shit that these guys come up with. Um, I assume it's all their fault that this stuff happened, but it just seemed like the funniest, funnest, dumbest. Like, it was such a good time. It reminded me like, this is what this is what I've missed so much during the pandemic mm-hmm. yeah the random bullet tournaments just the energy of hanging out with other people i also want to give a big shout out to neil from k-dub got his first yeah. ever tournament win at this tournament. shout out neil yeah and uh he's been playing for like 15 years no, I, think, so I think he mentioned he had another one before he won we i think he said he won that. like a one day like event where it was just kitchener versus winnipeg they did like a club oh, on club one day event, but not, yeah, it's not the indoor, you know, the indoor that's like an exhibition game. game. Well, just one, just one club versus one club, but this is his Neil. first ever tournament. So Neil killed it this weekend. He was a monster on the court, multiple hat tricks and uh, definitely pulled the team to the gold. Who, who else played with them? Kind of like all unremarkable players, right? It was just, it was just, no, sorry. It was Neil, Christina and Bess. Such a good team. Yes. And, and me, it. I was on the team too. And no one else. There was nobody else on that no, team. I played Neil, on that Christina, team. and I, won the I think it. I think it was a three v three tournament, oh right, Liam? Gosh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, three v three. That sounds about right. We might, we might be missing someone, but I don't think, uh, I don't think they'll mind. <sighs> this is the respect I get. This is the respect I get. All right, what should we do with everyone's favorite segment of the podcast? The sign off. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, thank God, it shit's over. <laughs> oh, it's over. No, it's the mailbag. Mailbag. We got a oh, and Liam's back for it. Hell yeah! Of mail. Yeah, after I heard what a biggest emails. Great job y'all did on the last one. I had to uh, make sure I made it for this one. Yeah, we got a lot of emails. Holy. Okay. We can't read good. I can't. Re- cannot read good. <laughs> words. Can't read words. Um, this first email. Oh, 
comes from Olsen, my team captain. Oh, captain, my captain. Um, he, <laughs> he writes, hey, what's up, Liam, Gavin, and Alex? This is Olsen from Los Angeles Bike Polo, though I guess I'll have to start saying Boston Bike Polo since I moved to Boston two weeks ago. Hope this reaches you before you record your new episode, which I can only assume will be about Thaw slash Smack. That's true. Good assumption. No, this is awkward. I don't have anything to say. Anything important to say. I just wanted to shout out your co-host, Liam, for absolutely killing it this weekend on my Sunday team. He probably will undersell his performance, so I'm going to mention it here. His scoop shot with seconds left in the game to get us into overtime was absolutely pivotal. Ah, touche. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my other teammates, but I assume Liam talked to his teammates already. Just seems like the kind of guy who'd do that to keep it real. Olsen. P.S. Matt Fox is really good at bike pool. Yo, thanks, Olsen. Shout out. Yo. It was super fun playing with you. I uh, This I email is on point. Like, <laughs> he not only entirely predicted how Liam would handle everything, um, <laughs> but P.S. Matt Fox, I didn't bring up the tarnished in my recap of uh fresno they were in the final and matt fox fucking killed it the tarnish is that um, the team name the tarnish the tarnish that's oh. uh andrew whalen and bruce furlong also from Ooh. this podcast uh but also matt fox who not beat us in the last tournament pre-pandemic oh yeah really that was the one, really right? good player yeah, yeah really good player super fast but watching him like turn and burn and you know, do his thing against like Pete and Diego and other like the Hammersley caliber teams. Like he's the real deal. And uh, I think the next generation of North American polo has like its star for sure. Well, yeah. Thank you, Olsen, for that email. It was super fun to play with you and uh, the rest of the squad. And uh, yeah, hopefully run into run into you in the future. I have a new energy for polo after playing that game. And yeah, I mean, the scoop shot, that was the scoop shot I was talking about where I was like, I felt good. And then I was like, but it's, 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 it's funny how you forgot to mention that it was to force overtime. That That's pretty clutch. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was on the, I think that was against Raf's team. Yeah, it was against Raf's team. And I was right place, right time. As Fuck Diego would suck. say, got it. Yeah. I got it. But it was, uh. You know, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna play the part of being super modest, so I'll continue to be somewhat modest. <laughs> okay, this comes to us from another Thaw attendee. This is Stephen from Humboldt. Um, Steve from Loco Polo. Oh, sorry, he writes, "Hey, no so po po winky face." Stephen from Loco Polo here. Glad y'all like the Squatch logo, and thanks for the love on episode forty. We'll be definitely printing more tea soon, so keep a lookout. I'm even thinking about printing some out for Slugfest, which may be included as part of the registration. The local municipality hosts have been gracious, and Slugfest independent sleigh is basically full go. So mark your calendars. Pay attention to your news feeds for registration info soon. I'm actually writing from the tarmac on my way to Thaw, so by the time you read this, well, yeah. So pumped to be on my way to such a fun tourney again, seeing old friends. You may or may not recall I got my polo start in the east side region in Lancaster. I got all caught up on the back episodes on my drive to SFO yesterday, which is five hours from Lost Coast. So basically one episode. <laughs> Anyone considering attending Slugfest from afar, although do take note, we have a small local commercial landing strip, ACV, which services several locations, including Burbank in Southern California, Las Vegas, and Denver. I've been really digging all the goals in polo are valid vibe that you've been putting out there recently. 
I love even mm-hmm. the top tier players you've had on like Bruce and Pete promote that too. For me, although I'd love to qualify for NA's one day, the reality is I have a stressful full-time plus job and soon to be old, soon to be four-year-old son. And Polo for me has always been about having fun, blowing off steam and shooting the shit with other like-minded folk. Even though our club is small and humble, I feel so lucky to get out there and play with anyone. 1v1 bottom bracket, AKA Ken ball and goalie, AKA shot stopper games have it all been staples for us lately. And honestly, at least as fun as full 3v3 pickup. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of being a parent, I know there's a bunch of similarly burdened, <clears throat> I mean, blessed polo players out there. How about doing an episode of being a polo parent? I brought my dude out on his balance bike and cut him a mallet recently. Also, I appreciate the injuries and how to prevent them episode as well as the winter training tired winter training tips episode. I wish I knew someone who has a who has a PT physiotherapist who could come on and talk about these topics more officially. But the closest I have is an old high school friend who's a cyclist and has a master's in exercise physiology. Got to get him into polo anyway, though. So maybe in a few years, you may recall I'm also a family doctor, but as the low person in the medical specialties ladder, I may not have the cred y'all deserve. Hey, congrats on passing 40 episodes. Hope to see you on the court soon. I wish I, which I will, Liam, this weekend. Ah, yes, and Alex and Gavin start planning for independent sleigh. Bye, Steven. Sorry, this oh, yeah, Dr. this was Steven. Dr. Steven Ossenberg. I'm sorry, I I didn't give you a shout out earlier, but um, it was also very nice to meet Dr. Steven Ossenberg in the flesh. And um, I have to shout out what he he made little gift bags because Victoria, who we drove down with. And she got into the tournament very last minute, but she was on a team with Steven and he made little gift bags for everyone on the team. And they were filled with lots of really good, really nice goodies and stuff. And uh, yeah, shout out to Steven. And it was really fun chatting. Um, I think we talked about, yeah, a couple of these things while we were there, but yeah, polo parents. I mean, uh, none of us have kids, so we definitely can't, <laughs> we don't have any expertise. Yeah. <laughs> we should really talk to his Raph, who is like, seems to be getting more into polo raf has enough kids for all of us yes but it's sort of like it's sort of the inverse what you'd expect like usually it's like people ha- start having children and they get they sort of out of polo out of polo raf is having like more kids and getting more into polo <laughs> and and of so course we, really... we have up coming coming up at the uh our tournament rumble by the river there is tournament favorites call me dad we're now all fathers. <laughs> just all dads um, you know yeah. Sorry, I keep giving shout-outs. We should be shouting out is uh, Jeanne from Montreal for allowing Raf to leave last minute on this trip. Yes. And to take care of her newborn <laughs> child. I'm not sure how he how he uh how he got that how one covered. Did he but wrangle that? That's I don't know. I mean Jeanne's also a polo player, so she knows what it's like. And um yeah. We should really be having Raf on giving notes on how to get out of parenthood responsibilities <laughs> so you can play polo. I don't think we want to disseminate that information, honestly. <laughs> well, I think I personally, as a non-parent, um, I'm I'm really happy that people still come out. I know it's like, I'm not going to say it's like priorities because obviously like you have a lot of things that you suddenly, your life is a lot more busy and it's like polos may or may not make the cut of things you want to keep doing. Um but for people that do, you know, like I think of Angelo and in, in uh, I mean, I don't know if Angelo kept playing for a while when they were really young, but yeah, shout out to all the players. Yeah. That, uh, I mean, cool. Toronto, we have lots of babies coming in between John Hayes, uh, Nico, Shane. There's a lot. The next generation of Toronto is uh, being born currently. And, yeah. You know, just looking out for 20 the years. Future polo out. generations. Exactly. So to them, we offer our gratitude and support. 
Yeah. Thank you for having babies. <laughs> okay, we're only we're not even halfway through the mailbag. Uh, next up, we got Arnold from SLC. He writes, "Hey y'all, currently listening to the newest episode, and there's some great info here about building up a polo club. I'm excited to use some of these concepts from Philly polo to Salt Lake City." The gaming portion of the episode reminded me of this gem from back in the day. There's a link here to um, Arcade Bike Polo. Someone it's posted the flash it. Game. Oh, the yeah. Flash Polo game, yeah. I, I still consider myself the North American champion at this game, and until <laughs> someone beats me, the belt He's is sports mine. champion. Oh, you can still play He's it, sports too. champion. Yeah. Oh, someone posted it to League of Bike Polo ages ago, and it's still available. Pretty fun time. Pretty fun way to pass the time and the ball. Anyway, thanks for all that you do. Arnold. Thank you, Arnold. I forgot about yeah, yeah, this game is fun. It's a good game. I remember when Alex first discovered it, he made me come over to his house and play him at it until he just crushed me like seven times in a row. And I'm gonna download it right now. It's and I've been to the reigning champ ever since. It's a good game. <laughs> yeah. It'd be interesting to have a side tournament at a at a tournament yeah, of like the online definitely. game. It's see who the best online definitely. polo player is. Also, uh it was super cool seeing Arnold at Smack in the Middle this weekend. His team did super well. Um also got unsanctimoniously ejected from the tournament by Mark Asseltine, but uh, they were on a, a run before that. And Arnold did a ton of refing during that tournament too. Um, and was really good, like really, really good ref, like called. It's hard to be a good ref and uh, you know, Arnold killed it. So it was really awesome catching up with him. Um, but yeah, thanks for the email. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We got an email. <laughs> this is a good one. This is from Torque. From Cincinnati. I don't know if we've had someone from Cincinnati email us. Um, hey, Alex, Gavin, and Liam. Greetings from the land of the three, four, and five way. Chili man is just chili. Picked up your pod about a week ago, and I've been enjoying it. It's given me more info on the, quote, sport than I've gotten from my club here in Cincinnati. No disrespect. They are just really laid back and more about playing than talking technicals. Giving me the inspiration for my 69er, a GT Peace Niner single speed running 26 in the back or sorry 26 in the front 29 in the back wow oh yeah. and opening my eyes to the value the mullet. solo pole yeah that's a large mullet bike i want to ask about stopping my clydesdale arse on my bike that is i tipped the scale at 133 kilograms 21 stone i like the i like the uh, translation into stone and run linear pull brakes i've been noticing that i am not stopping nearly as quickly as I would like or need to, regardless of fine tuning. And there's nothing on the topic regarding breaking in polo in a polo court environment. I was curious if y'all might have some insight or know someone who would, would be a good polo pod topic, a topic rather best parts for polo bikes outside the usual topics of frames. If you haven't covered it in an episode, I haven't listened to it yet. Keep up the great work and congrats on passing the 30 episode mark torque PS. You have poutine up there. We have Cincinnati Chili down here. Check it out. And I had no idea. I was just looking at this. Yeah, this this looks like a poutine. I'm down for some Cincinnati there's a lot of, Chili. There's a lot of uh, cheese. on. I mean, the picture on Wikipedia, there's a lot of cheese. It's cheese and gravy yeah. on French So I guess fries. that's how you order the chili. You order it three-way, four-way, or five-way, which gives you more toppings, which I guess that's what gives the name to the Cincinnati three-way tournament, which is a, a classic in the um in the tour of polo tournaments in the states the lexicon yeah so he wants to talk about breaking well yeah i think brakes are one of the most important parts you can put on your polo bike stopping quickly is almost as important as going quickly true being honest so 
most people you'll see using disc brakes and it seems like there's a bit of a push to hydraulic disc brakes out there um, most people will play with a front wheel brake because that gives you more stopping power than a rear wheel because you just skid um, now if you are committed to using these linear pull brakes that's a rim brake am i right in that yeah it's like a v brake i think isn't it yeah now yeah. something you can do if you're committed to that is using a dual pull lever you can look that up um, that's a lever that pulls two cables so you can have stopping with both your front and rear at the same time and if you're going to yeah. stick with rim brakes it might be a good option to do that because you're going to be able to stop faster now front brake only especially with a hydraulic disc is going to be super powerful and it's going to let you do like endo pivots and things like that as you get better which are cool tricks so it's something to think about yeah as as someone who is also over 100 kilos though i'm not 133 it i'm stopping is hard like i noticed that i just like weigh a lot more than other people and i noticed it playing in competitive games at fresno that i kept checking people from behind because they would pull up with the ball and stop faster than me and i would just crash into the back of them and that's something that i think i need to work on in my game is like recognize like hey if a hundred pound player slams on their brakes in front of me and i weighed more than double them I need an exit strategy that doesn't involve riding into them um, because the, just the way the, the, the math doesn't add up, right? I will not stop at the same speed that they do. Uh, that being said, I've done a lot as far as like trying to figure out my brake setup. Like I run the, I run hydraulic brakes cause I need all the stopping help I can get. And I've actually had issues with the, I'm the only person I know that breaks the, the Shimano like four piston, like the internal, the ceramic, uh, the ceramic pistons inside of the brakes, I actually break them after a year or two. I think it's just like they're not designed for bike polo. Like nothing's designed for bike polo, really. Um, the stress we put through them is just so high. So as far as brakes goes, like I'm with Gavin, it's the most important thing. But uh, definitely te technique wise, like you can do a lot about just learning where that balance point is, like how hard I practice it in solo polo all the time how hard can I just slam on my brakes and stop? Like if I'm sprint, if I'm sprinting at, you know, as fast as I'm going to be on a polo court and I just decide, Oh, I got to go the other way now. How fast can I stop? And, uh, it's good to practice, but dang, it's really tough. Thank you, Tark, for that email. I, I would love to go to the Cincinnati three way. I've heard it's super fun. And, um, I would love to bring some poutine to the Cincinnati <laughs> three way and compare oh, yeah. them. See what's better. Um, I'm always going to say poutine, but you know, <laughs> I will hold my judgment. Um, then we got an email from Mo from Montreal. Hey, good polo people. Here's a bit of a grab bag of topic request suggestions I've been thinking about using. Oh, okay. This is the first one. Using Discord to separate polo from Facebook. We're trying to migrate Amen. some of the organizational discussions to a Discord server where things can be organized into channels. Curious about the potential of moving the polo community onto Discord. Discord has a pretty good community organization features and is very popular in gaming and other communities. The main issue that it's not as public facing as a Facebook group, you would still need the invite link to be allowed in. What are your thoughts? I think that's probably pretty good for most things. Like I know a lot of Facebook groups like Bike Polo Toronto is an invite only group anyway, because we were getting spammed by people and bots and shit. So there's not really a public group anyways. So, and with the metaverse tanking Facebook, I feel like metaverse. we should all be concerned about getting off of it as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, between League of or between the the Polo verse and like I'm all for a Discord a Discord server. It's just sort of figuring out logistically where i mean yeah this topic's good i think if you're a lot of clubs have their facebook group but then also have like a little chat on the side whether that's signal or a slack or discord or whatever i think you can have all these things whatsapp or even all kinds of things and i think that's okay like you have your defined members maybe you have a facebook group to stay public facing but there's a link to the discord in it that Mm -hmm. allows people to channel into the other version it's just tough because not everyone's on all these other platforms. And I know people have had to get like signal in Ottawa just so they can be on the platform. Yeah. There's just, it's so distributed nowadays. It's really hard to get everyone into one spot. And um, I mean, I think we've tried, everyone's tried to get rid of Facebook and I don't know, here we are, we're still organizing a lot of things on Facebook and um, just wait till Elon fixes Twitter. It'll be so good. <laughs> then. Stop. We're not supposed to talk about this guy on the podcast. Yeah. Fuck Elon Musk. I said it. Okay. So that's that topic. Thoughts on mallet hooks. Is it a legit strategy? I've heard of talks about changing the rules to reduce slash ban it. I'm not seeing a lot of mallet hooking in high level polo games. What are your thoughts? Are your thoughts different between mallet hooks versus smacks versus hooking and yanking the mallet out of the player's hands? Yo, I love that when someone gets like disarmed. Because then you can you can heckle from the side and you yell expelliarmus, and it's really funny and um, <laughs> worth it just for the heckle. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, <laughs> I think this varies around clubs. Club. Some people love it. Some people hate it. I think mallet hooking is like extremely skill intensive. Yeah, and people that practice being effective at mallet hooking and like really holding the person's mallet, they reap the rewards. And there's a lot of sour grapes out there because they don't practice it. <laughs> But yeah. they should. And a lot of it I, comes down to people being like, oh, it leads to high sticking. I mean, I definitely I definitely saw that playing in Fresno. Like they do not like mallet hooks on the West Coast. And I mean, we're playing high level games and people would get by me and I would just it's not a slash. I would just reach out and lift their mallet and people would say, play the play the bike, play the play the ball. Don't this is playing on my mallet. I'm like, yeah, it's playing on your mallet. Like you have the ball. I'm lifting like it's not a slash. It It's. I was being very, I, I was being extra careful because I knew that they're sensitive to it out there to not like do anything kind of dangerous. Like I'm not lifting it. I was just literally holding my mallet around them where I know they're looking for the downstroke so they can't hit the ball. Yeah. And uh, it definitely ruffled some people the wrong way, which I mean, look, it's that type of play right now is explicitly legal and very good. I'm going to so say it. I, they're crybabies. Yeah, Whoa. I mean, there's. This I think there's other things. We're not talking about pickup. Yeah, this you're is ready, a tournament. You're yeah. ready for the hate mail, dog. Like, well, look, look. I, I think, I think the argument could be there to. Uh, I think the the argument is there. Like the whole slashing thing, like that hasn't been legal for a long time, and but I think if the person has the ball, like the whole flicking, like lifting their mallet, I, th- I think that can be dangerous and that could get taken out. Like I think, I think there's room to clarify what is and isn't allowed surrounding like mallet play. Yeah. But as far as like the, if I'm just leaning forward and holding my mallet in front of my bike and it happens to be in your way and I'm not making any contact with you, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, I, I think that's just a good defensive. Like, I'm not talking about doing a massive windup and like big ripping the person's shaft. Like yeah. trying to yeah. break their mallet. Like that's not what I'm talking about. Like reaching in and using your mallet head to hook their mallet and pull it backwards. That's just yeah. a really skill intensive like move. And it's yeah. not dangerous. And it's something you should be practicing. 
Yeah. I love when people go for a big rip or something and you just tap their mallet right before it hits the ball yeah. and they go over it's it. Awesome. Like it's so good. Like to me, that's a good defensive play and we shouldn't be trying to take it out of the game. What I will admit, and like I think most of the reason people don't like the mallet play is because you see like newer players when they start trying to learn it, they're incentivized to either slash or to like flick mallets up and that's how they get caught. And I know you can say like wear a face cage, but realistically, the more mallets are not getting into people's faces, I think the better. Yeah, that's so, definitely a fair thing to say. Maybe I was being a bit yeah. hot takey, but at the same yeah. time, just like there's so much going on in the court. Just protect yourself. I don't know. Yeah. I'm so pro face cage. I can't say it enough. Yeah, I mean, I think people, there's room to clarify what's allowed surrounding mallets, but I think generally mallet play is just a good thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, two more topics to talk about. One is, I mean, these are all, I, I think, uh, possible like episodes. Eh? We could, we could. Yeah, I think he's trying to give us. We could go deep, but we're just doing mini ones now. Mini takes. Uh, next one is suggestions on running a rookie night regularly. What did you see that had worked, and what didn't? Do you mix pickup and rookie games if you have a separate rookie night? How do you improve the attendance of regular polo players? See episode with Drew with Mama Drew and Charlie. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I definitely want to revisit all of my plans about rookie night after that conversation. And uh, you know, it's an it's definitely an in depth conversation to have. But I think the start of that is definitely the last episode with with Philly. Yeah, we were going to drive. We were hoping to hit Philly on the way down to uh, Maryland, but we didn't get to do it. But um, yeah, there was a big crew of Philly people there, a lot of new players, and they were so stoked on polo. It was really cool. It got me excited. I was like, damn, you know. If I had started playing in one of these like American cities, I think, yeah, one of the bigger things was just the loner bikes. Like they had someone actually, I think he was there, Steven from Philly, and he had built just all these polo bikes. I think he talked about it in the last episode. So there was plenty yeah. of equipment available. And I think, um, but mixing pickup and rookie games, or I don't know, I think like it's good to have those games that's. You need to, I think the games where you have experienced players playing alongside new players, you're not just like throwing them all out there and you're like, all right, go for it. Like, I think one thing you do really good Gavin in Ottawa was, was getting in those games and feeding passes, moving the ball and making them get good chances to do things, which I think is, I think part part, part of it is recognize your responsibility as a vet. If you're on the court with a rookie and this is the entirety of their experience playing bike polo, if you want them to join your club and keep coming out, you do, you know, as much as you might want to win that game, uh, you also, it, it's a much bigger win if we can get someone to join the club regularly, right? So just try to be mindful and make sure they have a good time. Mm-hmm. Final topic is polo stretches. This might have to be a visual topic, but I'd love to see an expert's recommended stretches exercises to both improve my polo and prevent injury. I'm definitely feeling the need for such stretches as we get back into the season after a long winter. Oh, stretches are so tough. Yeah. I, I feel like none of us are really qualified to speak to what stretches are appropriate. Mm-hmm. And like the science, as far as I know, on stretching before physical activity is like hotly contested if it actually even prevents injury or not, especially static stretches. I've heard different things from different coaches across my life, whether or not that's actually a good thing to do. But I would yeah. say like, a warm up is a good idea. Like ride your bike a couple laps, do some jumping jacks. If you want your blood flowing, I think that's Cardio. people would say that's positive. But I don't know about stretching. 
Yeah, this is a deep like I think this is something we could deep. definitely do a deep a deep dive on and like it could be an episode. Um I've alluded to it before, but like I'm working with a personal trainer now and I notice a huge difference with the exercises I'm doing. Like I was not sore in Fresno. I wasn't sore after Montreal. My balance on the bike has been way better and my awareness of my mallet movement has been significantly better. So I think I don't know that what I'm doing is like the optimal thing cuz it's not like my trainer is like a bike polo trainer because that doesn't exist, but he put a lot of, you know, he's a very experienced trainer and he put a lot of effort into making a plan for bike polo. And I have to say, at least for me, it's working really well. So we could do an episode sharing some of that if, if there's interest for sure. Those stretches aren't like pre-game stretches. Those are like flexibility improving stretches for all the time, right? Like I think, I think that's, I think the, 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 the answer that people don't want but is probably true regardless is that it's not, there's no quick fix you can do before the game. That's going to fix all this stuff. It is the five days a week. What exercises and stretches do you do? And that's going to really give you the results. That's what I've been doing. And I've really noticed the results. Obviously improving your flexibility is going to reduce your chances of preventing injuries, but like a few stretches before a big long Saturday of polo action might not do it. I don't know. The science is kind of weird on that subject. I think weird. Um, And that, Thank you, Mo, for those topics. And that wraps up the um, mailbag portion of the show. I have one more shout out. I got a shout out Waffle House of Frederick, Maryland. Why? Were they the, the That's very is, that, is, is that a person or a business? It's it's a business. It's a Waffle House. I'm disappointed. I would love someone to have a nickname Waffle House on the court. And like that's that'd Alex's be Alex's new nickname. There we go. No. Alex is now <laughs> called Waffle House, everyone right there. <laughs> But yeah, shout out, shout out Waffle House for that, um, and shout out the the Pupuseria place in Frederick. I got Ooh, hot tortas. Oh, mm. tortas, yo! The tortas are where they're at. All right, well, no we made it to another episode, no. guys. Oh my god! Another one yeah. is in the books. Three awesome tournaments, three awesome topics to discuss, and I'm so happy you two were here to do it with me. Of course, yeah. This this was great. I mean, we've deviated from the the formula of having an exciting guest on that will people actually want to listen to. So <laughs> hopefully, people, if you're still listening, you presumably are one of the people that actually wanted to listen to us. So I don't know what's wrong with you, but we really appreciate you. <laughs> way to way to diss the audience. Now they're turning it off. <laughs> yeah. Every every time someone came up to me in Fresno, they're like, "Oh, I listened to the podcast." I was like, "I'm so sorry." <laughs> I'm so sorry. You know, it's not too late. Don't it's not too late. Yeah, yeah. Pete, Pete, and Diego and Chris Hammersley started one too. If you want to listen to actually good polo players talk about it, um. <laughs> it's true. I think I think the podcast kind of preceded my reputation. People are like, oh, they actually get to see me play, and they're like, oh shit, he's actually not that good at polo. <laughs> I. And I bet you nobody said that. I bet you absolutely nobody said no, that. No. I had a couple of people say the opposite to me in Fresno. And it was maybe I, I told that to my partner and she said, if only they knew how terrible of an ego boost that would be. You're going to I'm going to be insufferable for the next few months because people were complimenting me. And uh, she's right. She's absolutely right. I am currently insufferable. Keep reminding her. Of Some, it. Yeah. Oh, I do. I do. We part of what makes me so insufferable is like, we'll just wake up in the morning and I'm like, hey, you know, this person complimented my play in Fresno. She's like, yeah, How you told me about it when it happened. Did your head get like, can you still put shirts on or is it just like, no, it's hard. It's hard. I think. Out? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Hard. It's just the ego has inflated okay, beyond hilarious. bursting.
we're rambling on right now, but we really should close this one up. Thank you, everyone who's listened all the way to the end. Leave us a rate and review. Subscribe if you want to. If you don't, that's okay. Remember, it's not about how many times you dab. It's about how many times you tap back in. And we're going to tap back in with another episode coming to you soon. Until then, though, bye for now. Bye. Pogo tranché. supposed to do meet you on the polo court you like yolo rock that sport take the mallet in your righty and the left squeeze breaky tidy you are high and mighty every thursday nighty wheeling jousting 3v3 come on rip that pbc courtside grab a brew let that conversation stew wonder where the cuckoo flew that bird up in hillcrest